Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? The podcast where three friends pick random topics about life, history, the universe and everything, and just talk about it. Um, you join with myself, Ben, uh, Sam and Ben. Hey guys. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> I have a question. Doing? And it, it's just occurred to me, yeah, often in, in a TV show, for example, Lost, right? Yeah. The concept of the show is they are lost, and, and by the end of the show, they will You're discover mm-hmm. they will discover why they are lost. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but ultimately, they do find out what the what the situation is. We are called. Am I doing this right? Is there ever going to be like an end point where we find out whether we are <laughs> actually doing it our right? Final episode when we're like in our 80s will be like, and it'll be we did we, it right, we, or. If it goes really wrong, it'll be an episode where we're all in our 30s and 40s where something has happened and we have to end the podcast quickly and escape with new identity. <laughs> it will be, we have not done this right. Well, all I can say <laughs> is stay tuned, folks, to find out the answer to those questions. All I can say, um, you know, we might get that tonight. We could all be disappearing. We don't know. We just don't know. But thanks for joining us. Um, just a quick reminder. Uh, head on over to Instagram where we have a profile. You can find us at Am I Doing This Right Podcast on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Google or any of the services that have reviews, why not stick down a cheeky review and just let people know what you think of the podcast? Preferably a five Unless star you don't review. like it. Yeah. Unless you don't like it, at which point don't leave a review. Yeah. So uh, tonight we are uh, sort of playing off of last week's episode. If you joined us uh, for that one, you know, we talked about playground fads and stuff from when we were kids in the 90s and noughties. We talked about things like Pogs, Pokemon, um, um, the Go-Go's and the Crazy Bones and a whole bunch of different yo-yos, all kinds of different things. Um, And that kind of got us thinking about like just our top childhood toys. And so uh, that's kind of where we're heading tonight. So we're kind of we're kind of carrying. I on do the same want to theme. stop there. We need to first establish what everyone is drinking. That is true. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what's everyone drinking? So, ben, what are you drinking? Which Ben? You. I say this every week. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, in which case, me. Uh, well, I'm still, funnily enough, rocking the same old patches from last week, but I do have another. Is it the same cat? <laughs> I do have another lined up. I, uh, you guys have finally twisted my arm and I ordered myself a uh, box from Beer 52. Yes! And, uh, I have in my hand uh, O'Hara's Extra Irish Stout. Oh, I had one of those in my Irish box and that is a good beer. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, apparently it's dark chocolate and vanilla flavours combined with the mild mocha aroma. So, nice. Sounds good. Sam, what I have, so I recently discovered that the um, the company uh, Witchford Brewery that make Hobgoblin, and they tend to make darker beers, they've started making a Hobgoblin IPA. Is it good? And it, it's brilliant, actually. Nice. It says, there. this is the description, there are IPAs and there are legendary IPAs. Ours is legendary. Prepare for an intense tropical explosion of zesty oranges, grapefruit, honey, and juicy bitterness. Winner mm. of the world's best IPA award. Like we said, legendary. 
Nice, nice. Wow. Cool. Mm. I'm actually them. drinking uh, a gin and tonic tonight with uh, Solcum nice. gin. Nice. Solcum gin in it, yeah. Uh, just thought I'd mix it up. Um, and yeah, it's a nice gin. I've been, uh, it's like the, it's like the nice gin that you sort of make that one bottle last longer than all the others. So that bottle's been going for about We've six months. We've gone up market. We've gone up market. You've got a gin and tonic. Yeah. We'll be on my Prosecco next week. Yeah, yeah. So that's our drinks. Lovely. So like I said, um, this week we're talking about childhood toys and some of our favourites, some of our hardest ones to obtain and just in general what we think about them. So has anyone got any particular toy or anything that they remember that they want to kick off with? Um, yes. What a surprise. I... <laughs> wow. Oh, no. No, I haven't. Somebody else go. I feel insulted. <laughs> oh, oh, Sam. Sam. Oh, go Sam. No, Sam, um, I'd love you to go. So... Yeah, Ben can start. No, no, Ben can start. Go on, Ben. Oh, brilliant. Um, so for me... Um, as you know, I'm heavily involved in the railways. Yeah. And uh, no. if, if, if you can't guess, I grew up with model trains. Hornby? We're talking uh, Hornby here or are we talking something different? <laughs> started with Hornby. Uh, Hornby is, uh, no offence to Hornby, they do make some good stuff. Um, but they are kind of the budget brand. Wow. Once you can wow. actually... When I you can start thought... actually affording stuff, then you start moving on to Backman, which is uh, much more highly detailed. Okay, but I never thought I'd be involved in a conversation where we're throwing shade at a miniature train company. But here's what I, I mean: Hornby's not cheap, though. I mean, I know maybe, it, but like Hornby's not cheap, is it? Because some of those trains cost like a, just for the train. I remember being in a shop a while back with the kids, and they had a Hornby display case, and one of them was well, quite a few of them were like over hundred quid, but one of them was like a hundred and eighty-nine quid just for the train. Oh yeah. So it, how it, it does how, how high expensive. does this go? Like, so what's this other brand that you had? Uh, so Backman, um, again, more or less exactly the same as Hornby. They they make uh, entire sets. They make individual uh, locomotives and wagons and all the rest of it. Um, but because they're more highly detailed um, and more accurate um, in their scaling, uh, they they tend to charge a higher price. Wow. Um, so me being the pauper that I was, like I said in the last episode, I had Hornby to begin with. Uh, I've, I've got a bit. I mean, you say now, pauper, but a <laughs> hundred quid a pop for a train—that's not cheap. I had a wooden train set from Toys R Us, and that was pushing the boat out. And there you are saying that you hate trains, and you had a train set. Honestly, Sam. Well, <laughs> every child had a train set, and at that point, trains were exciting because they weren't the back seat of a car. That's true. That's true. I had I had Hornby um, because I wasn't aware of other brands, quite frankly, Ben. Um, but I'm being educated tonight, and that sounds not a connoisseur like like Ben. No, but but uh, I had the Eurostar set, which obviously nice. in, you know in the '90s the Eurostar was like everywhere because it was this new th- revolution. Well, no, so, you know, we... it wasn't everywhere. It was on the track between you know England and <laughs> oh, France. So facetious. Um, <laughs> no but it was like you know we suddenly like there was a freaking train that went under a sea and that made headlines around the world and that and it was a big deal and they made was, a horn. was was that hornby's advertisement line it's a freaking train that goes under the sea basically yeah hornby were like buy buy our set dang, dang straight yeah that's a good one though ben and to be fair like somewhat wonderfully predictable for yourself because it would have been oh, sad if you're the first toy you didn't talk about 
was something you know that wasn't train related. I'm glad. I'm glad it was a train. A, a big one for me was Christmas 1995. That year, a game-changing film had come out that rewrote the way animated films were made, and that film was, of course, Toy Story. Everyone, yes. everyone loves Toy Story. Great, great film. Literally revolutionised the film industry. And Buzz Lightyear was the absolute hot shiz that Christmas. And he was gold dust. Like, you couldn't find him anywhere at all. I had a Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, but you had a Buzz Lightyear like five years after the film came out because you weren't even born yet. Yes, all right. Let's not prejudice <laughs> against people's ages. No, but the point being is that this particular, yes, obviously later stocks replenished and you could buy a Buzz Lightyear quite easily. But that year, it was like the mum network went into overdrive tracking. I remember one time, I'm like, I love you keep referring to the mum network the over thing. these toy based episodes there, because it was a thing. And I remember it. So I remember that like it was um, it must have been late summer, maybe not late summer, maybe like October half term. And me and a school friend and our mums were going to Putlake Farm in Swanage. Um, and like my, my, my mum had planned to drive until the last minute. This other mum just like really was insistent she drove. It was kind of weird. And um, anyway, we did the public farming, but then she's like, oh, we need to divert to, lo and behold, Woolworths again, referring to our last episode. Woolworths. But this time, Woolworths of Swanage, because this mum had found oh, out that they had had Buzz Lightyear's and reserved one for her, for her son, and not told my mum. And my mum was furious that like, this mum had not shared the information that there were Buzz Lightyear's available. Because it was, obviously, there was no Google to go and check where you can get a Buzz Lightyear. There was no um ebay amazon etc you couldn't even ask jeeves no you could you couldn't click and collect etc so you had to just go to a shop and hope they had stock or find out if a shop was getting stock so it was a genuinely a lot harder and my mom was so annoyed my mom was actually so annoyed that she bought every other toy story toy in the shop other than buzz Lightyear because he was not available um in sheer spite which i that's hilarious yeah she was so angry so she got me like i mean there wasn't a lot but she got me like a ham a rex and a Mr. Potato Head. So the toys that nobody really wants. Hang on, I'm not. I'm, don't. There's no bad toy in Toy Story. Okay, that's like the. Um, that's the story. I, well, Zerg. Zerg no. is the definition of bad toy. No, because by the end of his storyline in C in, ep, in episode two in in Toy Story two, um, <laughs> you, you you find out you know actually he's Buzz's father and they're playing catch and it's a lovely relationship blossoming. Oh, this is true. This so, is true. But the point. I wish Star Wars had ended that yeah, way. But but. Um, Christmas came and I finally got Buzz Lightyear and man it was just like the freaking best and I still have that same Buzz Lightyear somewhere and because my dad was weird about keeping boxes we still have the box for that Buzz Lightyear somewhere and he's actually worth like nearly 200 quid now so that you know that was that was an investment well, the box. Wow. yeah because we, because we've got the box he's like actually worth something um, I feel a bit mean to sell him because it feels a bit like sad but uh, that was a big one Buzz Lightyear that was a killer toy. That was a big one that year. Sam, lay it on us. So, I do have a couple to share, mm-hmm. but we'll do that in the round as, as normal. But I think the first one, the main one I think characterised the majority of my young childhood is Thunderbirds. Oh, yeah. Now, Thunderbirds is an old TV show, but we I used to love it when I was a kid, and we had the box set on VHS tapes, mm-hmm. and I would literally sit and watch that or we had this like Bible story cartoons. Oh, it sounds bad already. Uh, so it's, it was Thunderbird or that. Um, or Stingray. 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 Blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we had some it's Thunderbirds the majority of the time. And um, we had the big figurines, mm-hmm. which were cool. Then we had the little ones that went inside, you know, like the, the, the actual the like big ships, the vehicles. And then we had a Tracy Island as well. Oh. And I, I had a Virgil um, Tracy costume. Well, you were committed. I was that you were you were yeah, yeah. fully into this. Yeah, me and my brother had the costumes, and we would wear our costumes. It was very meta. We would wear our costumes while playing with the Thunderbirds toys, flying them around the living room while watching Thunderbirds. And I think what it was is, you know, I was a big fan of Super Spider Man when I was a kid. Yeah. But I think what it was is you didn't have to have superhero powers to be a Thunderbird. You just had cool technology. I think it was and a private it was really island, yes. a private island. You had to have money. You had to be a bare dollar. But I think it was, you know, it, I, I, I just think it was amazing. It was, it was a proper, like, nerdy as well, like submarines and spaceships. And I love space. Like, in general now, I'm, I'm very interested in space travel and anything space-related. I'm probably interested. What, so um, who, was, who was the Thunderbird that was on... Thunderbird Five in space, and he like only appeared John. every now and then. He had like he was the lame one. Let's no, be honest. I'll, I'll let. No, he wasn't. He was Overwatch. Anyway, so Scott, Scott was in Thunderbird One. Virgil was Thunderbird Two. Gordon was Thunderbird Three. Yeah. No, was Gordon Thunderbird Three? No, Gordon was Thunderbird Four. John was Thunderbird Five. Thunderbird Three was the spaceship, and that was Alan. Alan was Thunderbird. Thunderbird three. Alan was, was my favorite. Thunderbird three was the was the red rocket, wasn't it? Yeah, the red rocket that, that went that into that Thunderbird five. five. Yeah. that yeah. was my favorite. Yeah, um, and I had that one as a model, and the model was probably a foot and a half tall. Wow, and it had a compartment at the top that opened, and you would you could sit the characters inside. Amazing! I just loved it. It was so cool, and I think even even though the puppets, you know, for yeah. for the, at the time it was revolutionary. And watching it in, what, 2005, I think it probably was. So, you know, you're talking 50 years after it was released anyway. Yeah. I was watching it completely awestruck at the quality of, of, of filmmaking that was that was um, on show. And then they released the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, the movie was not all bad. Ben Kingsley, as always, was very, very good. Vanessa Hudgens, not quite so good. But in general, it was quite a good film. And I, as a child, again as children often are, was totally awestruck by the quality of the filmmaking. Also, you, um, had, you had the soundtrack provided by Busted. Yes, Busted. Ah, Thunderbirds are go, go. Amazing. I think, and I would listen to, the, my dad would play that in the car on his iPod classic. Oh. Um, but Thunderbirds were, I think, one of the biggest toys of my childhood. That, that's yeah. what, and we I, still have the Tracy actually, Island in the loft. I mean, for me, I mean, I think every one i had i had a bit i wouldn't say it was a big toy for me but i did have a little bit of it and i think they were hand-me-down toys from my brother um but for me my favorite would be thunderbird 2 because it felt so impossible i mean like you look at thunderbird 1 and thunderbird 3 those rockets you're like well that kind of makes sense like that that, well you could see that working kind of obviously it's fantasized and that but thunderbird 2 it's like (laughs) a flying whale you know like which is awesome it's just so cool if you compare, actually, I think Thunderbird 2 is, we're getting into a debate about the realisticness of Thunderbirds now, but Thunderbird 2, I think, actually, is the closest to planes that we have now. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I still think, I, I love it, though, for that, but I, I love it for its slightly fanciness. The Globemaster is not in, you know, that that is a similar type of rig. Yeah, and, and Thunderbird 1 was 
you know, literally travelled everywhere at the speed of sound. Yeah. Like, Concord could only do that for, you know, Concord... Anyway, Thunderbird 2 is the most practical and boring. Thunderbird 2 is boring. What point were you trying to make just there? (laughs) I don't know, but Thunderbird 1 is exciting. Thunderbird 2 is boring and it's not adjusting. You cannot have that your favourite. Wow, okay. Well, um, whatever, whatever. But I would say this just about the show, because like like you said, it's like 50-odd years old now, um, and it still holds up. And funnily enough, my son Boaz... Um, found in like the box of cars which is a mixture of old cars of mine when I was a child and all of their cars now but he found a uh, like a matchbox stingray and he thought it was cool he was playing nice. and my dad found stingray on youtube and he loved it and he sat and he watched what? several episodes back to back um and he's he's watched several episodes back to back and i think it just actually is a testament to the original shows as to how good they were and how they really don't compare to like peppa pig I mean, they do different things, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Thunderbirds has a massively different purpose to, to Peppa Pig. Like, Thunderbirds is teaching children that it's good to, you know, save the world. Mm. Peppa Pig is... Obnoxious. I don't know what I'd... I, well, yes, what Peppa Pig. I, I, I don't know what Peppa Pig is meant to do, but ultimately it's it's not the same no. thing as um, Thunderbirds. But, fair, but fair, fair, fair choice, Sam. Thunderbirds is a good one. That's cool. Ben, well, back back to you then. What what other what other big toys do you remember from your childhood? What were other big ones? Without going into games consoles, I think one yeah. of my favourite ones was um, my remote control boat. Everybody had a remote control car, but not everybody had a remote control boat. And the fact that I could go down to Pool Park Lake and just drop my boat in there and drive it around a few times that was absolutely brilliant to me. That is cool, <laughs> and I always liked that idea of having one. I never had one. And I think I never had one because I genuinely had a fear of it losing power out in the middle of the water and I'd never get it back. Did that happen to you? That <laughs> did happen to me once, yes. Uh, did you go and swim and get it? Yeah, fortunately the time it did die. Um, is it, isn't there a... Uh, there's a kid's paddling, public paddling pool over near... Is it Whitehead, Whitecliff? Whitecliff. I remember. There we go. Um, but yeah, took it over there one day. It, it was during the... Uh, late autumn months so, so it was still full but there were no kids about and uh yeah about halfway across the batteries died and i i, I had to uh, paddle in to retrieve oh, that's, that's amazing that's grim <laughs> isn't that all the geese though and it's full of geese poo basically goose poo uh, yeah, yeah we're trying not to think about that pool park uh as as for the paddling pool oh so it wasn't it, it, part, it wasn't, wasn't the cleanest part of the main it wasn't but... part of the main main lake okay no. Oh, that's not too bad, no. yeah, because, I mean, you look into that water, it is, it is a sight to behold. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool, though. Was it, like, a powerboat, or was it, like, a little yacht? No, uh, it was a powerboat. Uh, if, if you wanted a yacht mo- model uh, with sails and everything else, then then it was, um, oh, certainly more expensive. This this was only, like, a cheapy 50-quid uh throw it in the water and off you go kind of thing and if it sank then uh, if it well, sank it sank <laughs> the <laughs> captain goes but down still, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was still a cool thing to have and and the fact that i could just take it anywhere plop it into the water where i was and off, off you go yeah it, it was a great great thing to have cool. that sounds really cool that does like a good one well i are we back right uh, to you yeah, again ben. yeah okay so another one another big childhood fad ties into another intellectual property another when i was younger 
and uh, which was Power Rangers, the original Power Rangers, I flipping loved like big time to the point where I still kind of like it. Boaz got into it. He loves it, all the same things I liked. He, and I got him into the original That's Power Rangers. That's not quite so cool anymore. No, what? What, Power Rangers? Yeah, it's not quite so cool no, anymore. I tell you what, mate, they've churned out like a thousand variants. It must be someone is making bank on it. I tell you that. You go, go, oh, yeah. you're on Netflix yeah. next, search Power Rangers and check out the variants. But the thing is, but let me just. At that point, when we used to watch it, it was quite cool to be a Power Ranger. Well, now, every, everyone's been a Power Ranger because there's so many different variants. That's true. That's true. Oh, you were the but obviously, the, Great. the original one, um, um, with like the original gang in it. Um, one is I, I I watched a thing about on Netflix a documentary actually about the toys. There's a TV series which if you're enjoying this podcast you probably enjoy called The Toys That Made Us. And it covers the history of a bunch of different toys, but in a really kind of fun and light-hearted way. Um, and um, it is uh, they cover the Power Rangers on there. And originally it stemmed from this TV show that was actually Japanese and they just took all the fight scenes because they were masks, so you couldn't tell who was under the mask. And in America they just reshot the bits like in between fight scenes to like stitch their own episodes together. Um, and it was such a hodgepodge thing, but it just worked wow. so well. Um, came and we're talking 93. It came out, um, but I was absolutely like enamored with it. And, and so was the world like power Rangers blew up worldwide in, in the nineties. It literally, um, when you watch, if you watch that show on Netflix, they actually show you like it made the news. They were talking about power Rangers on the news. That's how big it got. Um, and as per usual, it was the 90s. Like I said, no online shopping. No one orders enough toys. Christmas rolls around and you just can't get the toys. And weirdly, remember the one that was like gold dust was Kimberly, the pink Power Ranger. Um, she was just, you couldn't get her for some reason. And it was all about, you wanted all six, obviously, as a child. You know, so you had the gang. And these were like sort of the 12-inch figures, you know, um, fully articulated and that. Um, they were amazing. But the the best thing was I had the Zords. Do you, I mean, did you do you even know what a Zord is, Sam? Um, sounds like sword. Okay. Did you watch Power Rangers Ben? Now? So I, 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 hang on, Sam. I wasn't allowed uh, to watch. No, I, I think Power Rangers was only just before me. I remember seeing a few episodes on TV, but they quickly. So the out. premise, just to get everyone on board, is that obviously you might have seen the famous clips of like it's morphin' time. And they all like throw their hands in and they're like, Stegosaurus, Tyrannosaurus. And they like basically bring out these things called Zords. I forget how they actually appear. Basically, all of them end up inside giant robotic dinosaurs, which is already cool. But then what's super cool about this is these dinosaurs can then join, physically join together to create like one giant robot. And you could get toys of these robots that did that. So you would buy them individually. They were, they were a fun toy on their own. And you put them together and they could literally join together to make the giant Megazord thing, which was just like so cool. And it, I genuinely like I've bought a lot of kids toys in recent years where I've got kids and stuff. I'm quite well versed on the current toy market. It's mainly about poo and slime for some reason. Um, whatever. But they, do, well, they don't make... We, we we went to that toy shop, didn't we? And we looked for ages oh. and you had to ask where the shop attendants for a rubber poo. I had to literally go, excuse me. Never been so embarrassed. I had to go, excuse me, do you have stretchy poo? That's what it was. I had to ask it was, for stretchy poo. I wasn't even asking. Yeah, it was bad. But the what's worrying is she knew exactly what I meant. And she went, yes, they're over by the tills. 
<laughs> it wasn't like... Yes, he was totally chill, wasn't he? Yeah. I was not the first guy in, in Smith's Toys looking for a stretchy poo. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but, like, it did sort of, it sort of a testament oh. to the toys of the 90s, and particularly the parentage toys. They were just so cool. They were so complex, and they were so... Sounds a bit like old man, but they're so well made compared to like modern stuff. They but don't. They don't. Toys really... aren't as good. I don't. They're not as good. Well, you know what sucks now. This is a real. This is a big tangent. So sorry, but India had her birthday the other day, and she got some Hatchimals, and these like surprise toys, like the LOL dolls, Hatchimals, and all these variants. Basically, you're buying a thing, which the main reason for it is the experience of opening it, and you end up with a very small piece of plastic at the end of it. And they cost a freaking fortune. You can't see what's inside. It's like it's like the frustration of football stickers or whatever you were into as a kid when it came to stickers, where you buy a pack and you just don't know what you're going to get. But the difference then is you probably spent 79p on a pack of eight stickers. It's no big deal if you got all doubles at the end of the day. Now you're having to drop like 15 quid on an unmarked LOL package, hoping it's not one you've already got. I feel like we've opened. We've opened a big a, a fresh wound. Here. I think we've. You've got serious. Um... Bring back the nineties toys because the current toys suck. Other than Funko Pops. Now, I, on that sort of topic, nineties, nineties and noughties toys. I'm going to yeah. say because I obviously was more in the yeah. noughties are just better. Mm-hmm. Like I, so my next toy that I'm going to tell you about, Playmobil. Okay. Now, Playmobil played a similar level of significance in my childhood as as Thunderbirds did. We had loads of it, and we had like the airport and the police station, and 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 we had a pirate ship, and we had a like it was just great. And I think what I would do is I would set up a scene, and then I would leave it, and I would just observe. Would you hope that it would come? Like um, we all just sat there waiting for someone to do something. You're watching them, like, come on, lads. Someone move. Yeah, just someone move. I would turn away and look back really quickly, just you know. in hope. But I think all like we had the police. We had a police van, and I would pack it up right as if they were going on a road trip, and I would just drive it round the house for hours while they went on this road trip. Um, and I would I had a notebook and I would write scripts and I would like almost like a di- write and direct a movie of of the Playmobil wow. toys. Yeah, I, I was into it. Like I, I feel no, like, from what you're telling us, Sam, I feel like when you committed to a toy as a child, you were 100% committed. There was no half in, oh, yeah. half out with you. It's like, it's all or no. nothing. Yes, absolutely. And that's the way it should be. And toys aren't like that today. Toys don't encourage children to, to you know, to, to stick with it, to be loyal. Loyalty is lost because of toys. Perhaps. That's quite Perhaps. a bold statement. I would definitely agree with you about how, on the whole, 90s and noughties toys are just superior. I mean, if you look at, like, it's really kind of cliche, not cliche, but it's like, it's kind of dumb, but, like, look at water guns. Um, I think I've shown you guys when you've been over, like, the really big super soaker water pistol um, that actually technically is my dad's. Um, no, it's my, no, no jokes. <laughs> no jokes. Um, but, like, it's it's, like... This feels wrong. It's, like it's, <laughs> it's three feet long, and it, it, it shoots uh, so much water in one go. But I've shown you that, right, guys? 
yes. yes but that point yes, being, okay. Well, my point yourself. being, Sam, pull yourself together. <laughs> pull yourself. My point being is that water gun would, would <laughs> <laughs> that water gun would never get made today because it can take someone's eye out. You know, it fires like a pint a second or something. Sam's having a breakdown. <laughs> We we do apologise for Sam in this episode. He is rather oh, childish. Dear. But but what you were saying about nineties toys and noughties toys, and I think the Super Soaker is a good example of that. If you try and find a decent Super Soaker now, they suck so much so that again, it seems like I'm sitting on a gold mine of toys here. Although that one's not mine, but that Super Soaker has got like a high aftermarket value now because you it's like sought after collectible because they don't make those kind of toys anymore. The kind of powerful water guns, etc. <coughs> Yeah, so I, I get what you're saying, Sam. Now you're back in the room with us. <laughs> I'm yeah. back. Yeah, Ben, do you have any more? Do you have any more iconic toys from your childhood you want to talk about? I did have a Super Soaker, but you've you've kind which one of, did uh, which one did which one the did you have? On that one. Do you remember what, like? Ah, uh, there was one that had five nozzles. Yep. If you remember that one, I... and depending on how far back you pulled on the trigger, it would shoot either one, three, yeah. or five yeah. jets. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that one. I, I, the, they, they were just so cool, and like you can't get them like that now. And I, the water fights you could have with that sort of stuff was so good. I do. I mean, I, but I do think children today have lost the art of a water fight. Like <clears throat> some of the most epic water fights I've ever been involved in, Soul Survivor, yeah. epic, epic water fights at Soul Survivor. You know, just one campsite declaring war on another campsite and because everyone was at Soul Survivor you just got yeah, involved got pretty, got pretty nasty I will say that at times at my Soul Survivor there were right. some pr- like yes there were some pretty nasty I remember ones. one time one guy took my gun from the opposing side and broke it so my friend pistol whipped him with his super soaker <laughs> it got pretty rough <laughs> that's brutal yeah, it was Christian Christians yeah. gosh good times oh um I oh, think wow. if before we finish, because we're 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 coming yeah, to a close, we're coming into land. What is the the best toy slash just gift? Like as as a child, what's the best thing you've received? Like if there's one thing you're like, oh my goodness, yeah, that is the best toy I ever got. That's shall I start? If you if uh, no, I, I just go started. on. Go on oh, sorry. On. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so for me, apart from my model railway, because that was freaking awesome, um, it was actually when I got my first games console. Now I did have to share it with my brother, but there you go. It was the original Ooh, PlayStation. Classic. When that came out, nice. in its grey goodness. Yeah, that was awesome. And the and the games that came with it as well were were classics at the time. There, there was this weird racing game. Can't remember the name of it. You had Worms. Uh, worms. What if, a game! If, if you remember that one, yeah. Uh, we, we had WWE wrestling. <laughs> oh yeah, for some reason I was well. that on PlayStation and, Two. And and it was great. Man, <laughs> yeah. that 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 I I, I I get that I get that because that was a literal game changer. Sam, what was your one? Sounds yeah. like you had yours ready. Mine was, um, I, my parents, <clears throat> well, it's kind of two part. Um, when I was about seven, my parents got me one of those like Argos three piece drum kits. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> which Paved the way. kind of set me on my, my, yes. And then when I, when my thing was Christmas, when I was 12, um, I just started proper drum lessons. 
no, so I'd have been 10, proper drum lessons. And my parents got me uh, an electric drum kit. And that really was a game changer, much like yours was, Ben, a game changer for me, because I'm now, I've now been playing drums for more than 10 years. And I've done a lot of different sorts of drumming and a lot of stuff as a result of me being a drummer. And I think that receiving that gift, that it's not a toy, but kind of that was a game changing moment, receiving a drum kit. Um, and did uh, the fact that my parents were like, yeah, you can play drums instead of going, have you tried clarinet? You know, it was, it was, they were very encouraging. <laughs> I'd, I would like to see Sam play a clarinet though, if that's at all possible. I, I actually can't. I haven't got the lip strength for reed mm. instruments. Well, if you can get on some sort of lip workout, just get the suction going and <laughs> <laughs> then I would love to, love to hear that. Anyway, let's oh, move dear. this one on. Okay. Um, uh, my one, I haven't said as of yet, but one of my biggest toys as a child um, was Action Man. A- Action oh, Man okay. was, I just loved it. Um, and I had loads of it. And I'll be honest with you, I still have it all boxed up. Recently, the boys got it out. No Bo and Ezra. No shame. Um, no, I, I'm, I, just, I think it just got saved. I don't know why. It got boxed up when I moved out. And I, didn't, I never got rid of it, per se. It just sat in boxes. And now, suddenly, it's coming out of the loft because the boys are playing them. But it was, it was, I, I was very lucky. I had a lot of it. So over the years, I accumulated at Christmases and birthdays. There were many successive ones that had Action Man and his various vehicles. I had a stealth bomber. No, like, like basically like a, an F-117 fighter where Action Man was then on a prone bike inside and you would push a button and like um, a door would open under the, under the fighter, which he would then come propelled out of on this prone bike, whizzing down Whatever. Nice. That, that was amazing. I also had like an Apache attack helicopter with rotating blades, um, which was pretty fun. Yeah, it was, it was really good. And it had the sort of thing where you'd push a button and it had a flaps that would pop out and they're like pneumatically powered, um, like foam darts would like, and they never stuck to anything. You know, the sort of things that would just, they were, no, they, they they never were meant did. to stick. They had the suckers and you'd always be like licking them, trying to give them whatever they need to actually work. And they would just bounce off everything. But for me, probably, yeah, my, 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 defining childhood toy had to be action man so yeah so that that, that that's yeah. mine and i think we've covered a fair few and quite a variety of toy types i would yeah. say that so so if no one else has got anything to add um thanks for joining us again guys thanks for sticking with us as our, as our usual you. you know slightly descending into anarchy but wonderful conversations that you always join us for um stick around uh soon there'll be another episode dropping no doubt uh next week and um again don't forget to leave a review and hit us up on instagram if you have a topic you want to hear just message us on instagram or message us on here and um, we'd love some feedback and some suggestions of what you'd like to hear in the future thanks for listening and take care see you soon bye 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 cheerio kids